Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Muriwa Gavaza, and for today, we get into a conversation around uh, the plight, the ongoing plight of consumers uh, that uh, we have been following uh, for quite a bit of time on this uh, on this particular platform. And uh, for today, it's looking to be quite an interesting uh, discussion because we have someone who was at the call face um, around some of these issues as the former consumer uh, goods and services ombud uh, that is Mahouta um, Patlele uh, who is joining us for today to have a discussion um, around the deepening uh, credit crisis in South Africa and um, you know how she's actually helping uh, people to, to, to go through this. I'm pretty sure that this is one of those aspects of everyday life that everyone has to deal with. So for today, Mahauta, greetings to you. Good morning and good morning to the listeners. Now, thank you so much for being with us, uh, you know, for today, uh, you know, really looking forward just to hear your, your, your nuggets. Uh, one of the things I'm quite interested to, to get your sense of as a kickoff to today's discussion um, we often talk on this platform about the what you call this consumer pressure, um, how consumer pockets are under increasing pressure, uh, the fact that consumers are being forced uh, to make very hard decisions uh, on a daily basis. I think about a week ago, we were talking to the team over at Liberty and they were giving us their claim statistics for 2022. One of the things they highlighted is the fact that uh, in a lot of cases, insurance is one of those things that uh, a person ought to buy. But, you know, many uh, ordinary South Africans are under pressure where you're making a hard decision to say, would you rather pay for, you know, insurance costs or would you send, rather just spend the money on sending your kids to school, making sure that they, you know, those are those are the hard types of decisions that consumers are making now. So your sense just around, um, you know, the, the consumer pressure right now, just the health of the consumer um, as we kick off, what's your view around that at the moment? Definitely consumers are not in, in a good space. Uh, and the key driver currently is the interest rate increases because uh, in terms of the National Credit Act, interest rates, the calculation for interest rate is linked to the repo rate. So if the repo rate goes up, the interest rates linked to credit agreements goes up. If it goes down, it goes down. So currently it's on an upward cycle. And that, what that means is that consumers, their monthly installments, are going up considerably. And that puts a lot of pressure on their ability to repay their debts. And I'm pretty sure that feeds into um, one of those unfortunate statistics that we have to deal with all the time. And that's the fact that um, South Africans are quite indebted. Uh, they do take on quite a bit of debt just to get on uh, on a daily basis. So something like the repo rate is not something that's happening over there. It actually affects people on a you mm. know on a day on a daily basis. Mm. No, definitely, definitely it it does because, like I said, it means that they have less disposable income. And I think we must remember that a large majority of consumers in South Africa. Uh, uh, in the income level where even where they don't even have overdrafts, you know, uh, 
where they can fall back on. So if you are a, a low-income consumer, your only fallback on is a machonisa or getting more debt because you don't have a buffer of uh, something like an overdraft facility because you don't qualify because of the income that you earn. And the reality is then that consumers have to borrow in order to survive, to buy food and other necessities. And it is a real, you know, real issue. And one of the things that I'm then keen to understand right now, you're coming out of this role, you know, as uh, being part of uh, the ombud, but now you are trying to help to address the issue of, uh, you know, um, credit and help South Africans, um, you know, through that. What is the goal? You know, are you trying to help uh, South Africans to eliminate all their debts? Are you trying to help help them to manage um, the type of debt that they have? Are you trying to give them access to better forms of credit? Like, um, where on the spectrum are you are you trying to play at the moment, or are you playing at the moment? Okay, let me explain uh, the role of the South African Credit and Risk Reporting Association. This association facilitates the sharing of consumer credit profile information to the credit bureau. So it's sort of a work in the background because people talk about credit bureau information, but they don't know how it gets there. Okay, the consumer applies, the credit provider takes the information and feeds it into the credit bureau system so that the profile of the consumer looks the same across all the major credit bureaus that are keeping this information. So the role of SACRA is to ensure that it's good quality information, it's correct and it's up to date. We don't provide uh, the services of making people uh, uh, restructure their debts and so on. But I will be able to talk about that. But the role we play is very important because we are ensuring that if you apply for credit, the information that the credit provider uses is correct and up to date so that you are not declined without good reason, because it happens. You go and apply for a bond or a personal loan, and when they check your credit bureau information, they find something that was there 10 years ago that should not be there, or because banks and other credit providers use different credit bureaus. So what we are trying to do is that whichever credit bureau that they use, your information should be the same so that you the incorrect decisions are not made because the information is incorrect or is is not there. So very important role that we play, which is sort of in the background. Uh, yeah. Now, it certainly sounds like a very important role. And as you're talking, I'm actually quite shocked to hear that uh, there hasn't already been a standardization of this information in the background because I think whenever people apply for, for credit, whether you're talking um, store credit, uh, just uh, you know to lay by clothes, or whether you're talking car financing or, or, or mortgaging, the number of forms that a person has to fill out, uh, the mountain of information, one would think that we're we are literally giving the same types of information because I've been through a couple of um, applications on my end and the information tends to be more or less the same. So you'd think that it's appearing the same, you know, um, on the other side. No, it is appearing the same. And Sakra has been around for 30, 
four years now. So the the credit bureau information, how much credit you have, how you are performing, how you are paying, any adverse information that is there, we first we don't hold the information. We are not a credit bureau, but we ensure that that information gets fed into the credit bureau system. So there are standards that have been set and the national credit regulator also has regulations. Remember that the National Credit Act wants to prevent reckless lending. And we contribute to that because it means that today in South Africa, every credit provider is able to see whether you are overexposed or not. So there are standards and our role is to maintain those standards, is to help onboard credit providers who want to access that information and it's to monitor the quality of that data. You know, given where the economy is right now, Mahauta, I'm very interested to get your thoughts around um, where you think the credit industry as a whole um, is meant to play. You, 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 you helped us to understand a little bit at the beginning around um, all the issues that are affecting consumers right now. You know, interest rates uh, being a key piece of uh, of everything, and in a crisis. It's nice to have access to good credit, um, as I'm sure a lot of people, um, I remember during COVID, proper lockdown and, uh, you know, that was a good time to at least have access to some lines of credit to help you to go on. But at the same time, if I'm a financial institution, I'm looking at the situation and I'm saying, is this the right time to be giving people access to all this stuff? So just to keen to get your sense in, in terms of trying to help consumers and all that, what's the focus right now when it comes to the credit industry? Should we be trying to push more credit? Should we be trying to, to push better management of the debt that people have? Um, your thoughts just around that. I think currently it's better management of what people have and also to provide relief. And fortunately, I know even most, almost all credit providers have internal debt relief policies. So which means that if you cannot pay, really the first thing that you must do is talk to your credit providers. And a lot of us, you know, run away, don't want to talk to the credit provider, don't answer phone calls when... Credit providers, even during COVID, remember, they voluntarily said, we will provide payment holidays, we will restructure your debt without any laws forcing them to do that. They voluntarily did that because they wanted to assist their clients to manage the crisis. We are in another crisis. If you go into the media now, you will see credit providers are speaking out and saying, we understand we know that our, our clients are under pressure. Do go and talk to your credit provider. Who will then say these are the type of debt relief measures that we have and this is how you will assist, it, assist you. The biggest mistake you can make is to keep quiet. And that is where then it comes the risk because consumers are vulnerable. We've got sharks out there who are advertising debt relief measures, saying that we will reduce your, your debt, we will reduce your installments when they are putting you under something that you don't fully understand. So, for example, if this is probably a temporary situation, 
you need to go back to your bank and say, I have a bond, I cannot pay it. Can you restructure my bond? And the best time to talk to your credit provider is not when you are in arrears for a long time. As soon as you realize that I am going to struggle to repay my debt, talk to your credit provider. They do have debt relief measures internally. I, I think, Mahota, one of the things that you are already pointing at is uh, the lack of I don't know if I can call it lack of information because I think the information is out there, uh, but rather the fact that in a lot of cases, consumers don't fully know and understand uh, the access that they have, you know, um, and the rights that they have, in, especially in times of crisis, that they can negotiate, that they can have these types of discussions. A lot of people, you know, just throw up their hands and say, I, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah, and, and that is why uh, w- one of the role we want to play as SACRA is also, you know, contribute to consumer education. And and I think what consumers need to understand is that they also have protection from the National Credit Act. The National Credit Act is structured in such a way that a credit provider cannot just take legal steps against you. There is a process that they need to follow. And part of that process also gives you a legal opportunity to renegotiate your debt. For example, if you are a month in arrears, the National Credit Act requires the credit provider to send you what we call a Section 129 notice, which is a it's not a summons. It precedes a summons. It is saying to you, Mahauta, you are in arrears. Come and talk to us or come and talk to an ADR agent or go and talk to a debt counselor to come and do what we call a repayment plan. How? Uh, let's get into a conversation about how you are going to catch up with your areas. Use that letter. And a lot of the time we avoid legal letters, but that is the that opens an opportunity for you to go and talk to your the first credit provider will first call you if you don't answer calls then they will go into the formal process of issuing the 129 if you don't respond to the 129 within 10 business days it will follow with a summons if you don't respond to the summons then a judgment and that is why it's very important that even at the credit bureau your address is updated because these letters can sometimes be sent to the to an address that you gave to the credit provider 20 years ago so make sure that your information is up to date so that you can receive these notices read them understand them and respond uh, to them i'm very you know one of the things that is coming up from what you're saying uh, is the fact that people are paying less and less um and in a lot of instances you don't know that you do have some of these options and you can you know come in you can restructure and all that does that mean um am i understanding it correctly to say that that then increases uh one's ability to end up being blacklisted and not have access to you know further credit later on uh because we're now talking about some of these formal processes the person hasn't answered the phone they you know letters are being sent to the wrong address or they're just ignoring them and then you you end up at um you know at this ugly place where a judgment is made against you yeah I, I'm pretty sure that's a further risk that's involved there. 
Yes. So, it, well, credit bureaus keep both positive and negative information. Positive information is that you are paying every month according to agreement. And then uh, if you don't pay, that also will be reflected. But there's also what we call adverse information that is also regulated by the National Credit Act. So on a month-to-month basis, how you pay is automatically submitted to the bureaus because by agreement, you have consented to that. But where the credit provider then takes legal steps, there, there is a regulation around that. For example, uh, you they can only adversely list you after three consecutive months of non-payment. And that they have to then give you 20 business notice to say, Mahauta, you haven't paid for three months. We are going to list you now. So you will have an adverse listing. If you had gone to them to say, please, I cannot pay, and you entered into an agreement to stretch your payment or restructure, that won't reflect negatively on your credit profile. It will say that the status is that the the account was restructured. Of course, uh, and and how long that information stays in the bureaus is also regulated. So you haven't paid for three months, you got an adverse listing to say maybe they wrote it off or they handed it over to legal, then that would show what a W on your credit profile. (laughs) And people also don't understand what these things mean. That can stay for one year on your profile. If you want to remove it earlier, you need to settle that account. And then within a month, your profile will be updated. If you get a judgment against your name, a judgment can stay on your record for five years. That's the regulated time frame for how long a judgment stays in your profile. But the beautiful thing that the National Credit Act did when it was amended in 2016 is that previously you would have to go to court to get that judgment removed. Now the amendment says when you settle that judgment debt, it can be removed before the five years. You just have to submit your paid up information to the bureaus and the judgment will be removed within a month. So it does make it easier for you when your circumstances change to clean up your profile. But to keep your profile clean without all these adverse things is to talk to your credit provider or someone who is qualified, an ADR agent and a trusted debt counselor. They are untrustworthy debt counselors there. So even if they are registered, so be very careful because their marketing tactics can put you into something that you do not, you do not want. And that is not fit for purpose for where you are or what you plan for your life. So be very careful because once you are in debt counseling, you cannot get out unless you settle all those debts and you cannot access credit for the for that period. It's a very serious situation, you know, to find yourself in, um, especially, you know, depending on what channels you decide. Are you going to go the debt counseling way? Are you going to go and uh, ignore things completely? Are you going to go and have that conversation uh, with your credit provider? And one of the things that I like is that we've reached that point where you're now talking about the different statuses uh, that people have um, out there. And perhaps that's where we can end off um, today's discussion, because I think 
whether we like it or not, people tend to um, have a carrot and stick type of mentality, consequences and incentives. And a lot of the time, people are more afraid of the consequences than actually just proactively acting. So maybe as we end off, you can give us um, an idea of some of the different statuses that a person can have, because I think you've now highlighted the fact that a person can, can go into arrears and they have an opportunity to have those discussions they can have a judgment against them they can have an adverse you know an adverse listing um, there's an opportunity to get rid of an adverse listing and i think the last one that you mentioned is a something debt counseling. yes uh debt counseling and i think you mentioned a w as well yeah is there that's a that's a written over handed over it's an adverse listing which stays for one year on your profile yeah. of course if you want to remove it before a yeah, you need to settle uh, that debt. Okay, cool. Anything else that people should be aware of in that? Yeah, the different other, other, yeah. Yeah. A debt review does not have a prescribed time frame. It depends on how long you will be able to repay your debt. So if you can only repay your debt in 10 years, you can only get out that flag can only be removed out of 10 years. But once you are properly under debt review, once you've paid off all your debt except the mortgage, previously it used to include a mortgage, which means you would be in debt review forever. So the act was amended to say once you've settled all your unsecured debt and the vehicle, you can be issued with a clearance certificate, which then all the information and the history will be removed and you can start afresh. But uh, very important to understand that. And during that time, you cannot access a, a credit. Perhaps as a follow-up, uh, Mahauta, I understand the piece where someone can have their record I'm going to use the word expunged, you know, you, you get rid of the, uh, what you call this, all the bad marks. But on the side of the credit provider, you know, is there no way that they can still go back and see, you know, that once upon a time, um, you had, you know, this thing that happened and that maybe works into them, you know, saying mm, this person Adversity. is. We do have, okay, so that review is the only process where the whole history is removed and you are allowed to start afresh once you've removed, received a clearance certificate. When it was an adverse, what happens is that your monthly payment profile, so let's say I was in areas in April, so for 30 days, my payment profile will show 30. Then I catch up in May it will say, okay. And then the next month I don't pay for three months. The profile shows that history and usually the bureaus keep that history for two years. But by law, it can be kept for five years where that profile information cannot be removed. So let's say you had your W reflecting on your payment profile. It will reflect that you it it will be removed and reflect that yes this person was nine months in arrears came back and settled the debt it will be updated so the 
there are two spaces in your bureau report where the address is listed separately that gets removed, but your profile will still show that you had an address that you settled and your pay. So that is why people must understand that because they don't understand that profile information has a specific period that it will show the history and that answers your question, yeah. It certainly does answer my question, and I think that's a good place for us uh, to end off. Uh, I've actually been uh, quite uh, quite intrigued, you know, by this entire discussion. I feel like I've learned quite a bit. I didn't know that uh, we've had previous discussions where people like financial advisors do tell us that um, you can go and have these discussions um, with your credit providers, but the actual um, mechanics of this is how you can clear your record or this is how you go about, you know, getting uh, rid of adverse uh, listings and all that. That has been quite educational and I definitely hope uh, that we can have further conversations about other aspects and uh, help to inform people about the options, um, you know, that they can have out there. It has been a very fascinating conversation, um, you know, just talking about um, the fact that um, consumers are under pressure um, at the moment. But when you think about what's going on in the space, um, one of the things um, that is there, we often just hear about, oh, fine, we've got uh, interest rates that have just gone up, um, not knowing the fact that this is having a real impact on people on a day-to-day basis and especially the fact that so many South Africans do have um, facilities of some sort from a cell phone contract all the way right down uh, to a 20 or 30 year mortgage means that it is very good to understand um, you know what the options are because we're all impacted and affected in one way or another so that's been it it has been a very fascinating conversation um, uh, thank you so much uh, to our guest for today uh, that was Mahout um, um, Pahlele um, who is uh, the former consumer goods and uh, services Ombud was helping us uh, to chat about um, the deepening credit crisis in South Africa. She is actually uh, now the executive director of uh, the South African uh, Credit um, and Risk Reporting Association, that is SACRA, and uh, she was just giving us a lot of um, insights and nuggets uh, just around the different options that people have out there to protect themselves in the credit market. Mahota, thank you so much for being with us today. You are welcome. Thank you very much. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcasts on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from us, and the rest of the team. It is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.